0: I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us, and we're also doing this by video that we'll release on our page as well. Today we want to look at Matthew 24, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. And we're going to examine, because it is so timely, what's going on in Israel, we're going to examine what is Jacob's trouble and how it uh, has to play out of what we're seeing in Israel today. We're seeing horrendous times attacks on the nation of Israel. It is distinctly prophetic, and we are living in miraculous times, dangerous, perilous times, but we're living in these days, and they're unprecedented, and I trust that you'll Study along with us. Matthew 24, we're going to be reading in verses 1 through 8. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, I want to stop right here, because when the disciples actually asked our Lord, when shall these things be? Jesus did not give them a timeline. Jesus did not give them something to look for in history, so to speak. But he said, take heed that no man deceive you. The implication is rather clear. Jesus is telling his disciples, and yea, telling us, take heed lest no man deceive you. The implication is there will be mass deception coming. There is mass deception coming. Get that in your mind, mass deception. Take heed lest no man deceive you. Now he goes into this. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Now, many have claimed to be Christ all through the centuries. And verse 6, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, I want you to think with me just a moment today. Now, this is going out on radio, it's going out on uh, uh, all the networks uh, that we use, the network mediums in social media. I want you to think about this. The phrase Jacob's trouble is found in Jeremiah 30, verses 6 and 7. And in these verses, Jacob, or the nation of Israel, is portrayed like a man that's about to give birth. Now, I hope the leftists are not listening to this because they're going to use this and say, ah, no, that is part of the deception that we're actually seeing in the world. Symbolism is the devised in Scripture to show us what God wants us to know because we cannot understand the infinite wisdom of God. And he, so uh, so the, the nation of Israel is portrayed as a man who's about to give birth, and this man is suffering great pains. He's bound, or bowed rather, in agony. Now the Bible tells us that there are no days to compare with those that Israel must endure. However, in verse seven, it shows us that the the nation of Israel be, will be saved. I want to say this from the onset: there may come a time when there is never an England or a Syrian, God forbid, never an America, but there will never come a time based upon the word of God and the promises of God that there will always be a nation of Israel. So, I want you to I want to share two major reasons this morning that why there's going to be a time that we find in the scripture as the tribulation. Now, first is going to be to punish the Gentile nations. Romans chapter one and verse 18, second Thessalonians chapter two, verses 12 and 13, revelation 19 and verse 15 for thousands of years, men have spurned the call of God to repentance and salvation. During the tribulation period, God will visit wicked humanity with the fruits of their own sin, and he will bring divine judgment. Secondly, it's to purge the people of Israel. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 27 through 38, Zechariah 13, verses eight and nine, Malachi three and verse three. The nation of Israel rejected the Messiah as having part in his death. And God will use the terrors of the tribulation to prepare Israel for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, Revelation chapter 19, in great power and glory, he will be met by a believing remnant of the Jewish people. Again, the Abrahamic covenant is just as valid today as it has ever been. And by the way, there is no verse in the word of God There is no substantive verse or proclamation by God that the church, the bride of Christ of the New Testament, ever replaces Israel. We do not teach nor believe in replacement theology. God will always honor Israel, and he has a plan to this day for the nation of Israel. Now, these people, if Jesus returns in their lifetime, will face many things, and we're going to discuss some of those things in the course of this message. Those of us who are born again will not be here for one moment of the tribulation. We need to hear about these things because we need to warn those people who are hell-bent on rejecting Christ and rejecting the truth. I've said in all of these things, I want to spend some time on the 24th chapter in Matthew's Gospel. We want to home in on the time of Jacob's trouble. Verses 1 through 14, we see how the tribulation commences. The passage is part of a message that's preached by the Lord Jesus, known as the Olivet Discourse. The message was about, uh, came about as Jesus and his disciples were at the temple, and Jesus told his disciples that the temple would eventually be destroyed. That intrigued these men, and they wanted to know more details, and that's found in verses 1 through 4. In this message, Jesus tells them that some of the events that were transpired during the course of tribulation, and even though these words were spoken to the disciples, they are a message to the nation of Israel. Now, let me say, what Jesus is talking about in, in, in Matthew 24 of the temple being destroyed was actually fulfilled in 70 AD when Titus, the Roman general, marched upon Jerusalem. Everything that God has prophesied has come to pass. Now, I want to talk about the tribulation period, where we are. We're right here in the middle of the days of mass deception. We're led by people who think that men can be pregnant that your anatomy does not choose or determine your gender. You can have your truth, my truth. We're in a postmodernist society. My friend, we're in a day of deception, and we're led by these people. So we have to know what is going on because there's only one truth, and that, my friend, is the truth of the word of God. And you see the backdrop that we have here today is Jerusalem. It's Jerusalem at night. I love the nation of Israel. I love that. I prayed there. I've walked there. I have I have preached there. I have I have loved Israel And for a believer, being in Israel is like being at home away from home. It is amazing. The moment the plane touches down in Israel, a wave of emotion comes upon you and it's as if you're home. And it is amazing. It is amazing. We go in verse 5 of chapter 24 and verse 11 as well. We see there's going to be spiritual deception. There's going to be a rise in the appearance of those claiming to have the way of salvation. There are going to be many false cries to who claim to be Christ, many false prophets during the tribulation. We've had those all through the centuries, but they're going to be multiplied beyond measure in the tribulation. However, none of them have power or the fame that will be enjoyed by the Antichrist or the false prophet. We we find them in Revelation 13. The two reprobates from hell will deceive the world into believing that they are literally gods, And they will demand and receive the worship of men. Now, the tribulation will be a spiritual time. But it's going to be marked by great deception. It's going to be marked by great deception. And one of the great tools used by the Antichrist to deceive the world will be the ushering in of world peace. You see, when Christ comes, there will literally be chaos on the earth. We're seeing the seedlings of this right now. You mingle in millions of believers disappearing by the call, the shout found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 53 through 57, as well as First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. You mingle in the disappearance of people, and you're going to see total chaos beyond what we're seeing in the world today. In this chaos, there will be a man who will step forward with great oratorical skills, we find in Daniel, we also find that he's not going to have any desired women. He's not going to be distracted by anything. He's not going to be someone who regards uh, the God of his fathers. That is, he's not going to regard or show any allegiance to anyone in a religious system except himself. And we're also seeing this manifested in this time. Now, Revelation chapter 6 talks about this man coming on the seat. Verses 1 and 2 describe him as a man who comes with a bow, but no arrow. He comes not to make war, but he comes as a man of peace. He's coming as the man, the superstar, the Superman, with great oratorical skills, with the man with all the answers, economically, spiritually, emotionally, nationally, internationally as described in Revelation 6 and 2, and and Daniel chapter 8 and verse 25. We've seen men like this before, but not on an international level. Everyone my age and older remembers Jim Jones, Sung Young Moon, David Koresh, and we could go on and on. False, false prophets have always abounded, but the crazies are going to crawl out of the woodwork like you've never seen in the tribulation period. Now, verses 6 through 13, we see social devastation. Because of our time limit and constraint, we do not have the time to read these scriptures. You do that on your own. I'm going to point out some highlights of what we see in these verses. In verses 6 through 13 of Matthew 24, we see the tribulation period is going to be marked by an increase of instability of society. We're given pictures here, and these pictures are made clear in Revelation 6 and verse 4. The rider on the red horse. There's going to be an increase in anti-Semitism and persecution aimed at the Jewish people. We're seeing that today. This is found in verse 9. It's also found in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. Why has the world always hated the Jewish people? Well, the world has always hated the Jewish people because Satan has always hated the Jewish people. There's always been enmity between God and Satan. And God chose the Jewish people to introduce his son Jesus to the world. No matter what you say or think, no matter what people think, the chosen people of God are the nation of Israel. And God will always protect the nation of Israel. The world's political scene is becoming increasingly unstable. That's an understatement. Small nations are ruled by unprincipled men with now nuclear capability. We in America are led and ruled, if you want, might as well say that in many regards, by people who are godless, who will not respect Not only our treaties, our constitution, but certainly do not respect our alliances with people like the nation of Israel. Economic pressures are forcing countries to seek uh, resources uh, beyond their borders for their simple survival. The world is poised for war, and there's a marked increase of hatred towards the Jewish people in today's society. One thing we have to notice is that just this past weekend, the Russians have come out and said they need to have a ceasefire with Ukraine and they need to focus every international country, every international community needs to focus all of their energies toward Israel. Ironic because in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39, God says that there will be a time that he will use hooks in the jaws to pull and draw Russia into the Middle East for a war known as Gog and Magog. Now, scholars have determined that this war, uh, they well, let me say this, scholars have not determined exactly when this war is going to take place. I've studied it, I believe, and this is not worth arguing over, Personally, I believe that war Gog and Magog is going to take place within the first six to eight months, maybe the first twelve months of the tribulation period after Christ returns to rescue His church from uh, from this. However, it's not worth an argument. God knows exactly when it is, and the irony that Russia would come out and say that is is worth note uh, noting because Russia is focusing their attentions on this conflict right now in Gaza. Russia has already, for the last couple of years, had their stooges and their armies placed in Turkey to be able to converge on the Middle East. None of this is by accident. This is God pulling the nation of Russia to the Middle East and God will destroy much of the population that's prophesied in the word of God. The Palestinians and the Arabs would love nothing more than the total destruction of the nation of Israel. And right now, Iran in their parliament are screaming that the destruction of Israel and the United States is their goal and calling. Folks, The Ezekiel 38 and 39 seem to indicate that not only will Russia be involved in an attempt to destroy Israel, but the plan will fail. The plan will fail, and Israel will use the weapons of this warfare to provide fuel for their people for seven years. That's the prophecy in Ezekiel 39 and verse 9. The actual tribulation comes to the world, there's going to be an astronomical increase in this kind of activity. The the things that are transpiring in the world today are only the the first rumblings of what is yet to appear. The world, specifically uh, the nation of Israel, is simply in the birth pangs. And those birth pangs will get Worse and worse as the time comes. And verse 7, the time is going to be marked by desperation. Desperation, according to this verse, there's going to be famine during the tribulation period. We're already seeing people using climate change as the cause to say that farmers need to stop their farming and raising crops because they're adding to the CO2 distribution in the world, which is what every climate alarmist is afraid of. This has become their religion. They believe that Mother Earth is being destroyed by CO2 carbon. Now, do I believe they actually believe that, or is there ulterior motives I believe there's ulterior motives because they want the world to be crawled into submission and that is the uh, whole plan of Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it you're going to be nothing but subjects subjects that they do not care about subjects that they will simply exterminate if you get in their way and fail to comply I'm saying this because the irony of the preparation that the world is being conditioned to face in the tribulation period right now is very much alive. And so everything is coming into fruition. I want to say this is not the plan of the evil one. This is actually the plan of God, the plan of God to bring this world into submission. The plan of God to bring Israel into submission, to see and accept Jesus Christ as their Messiah, and for judgment to come upon the Gentile nations for refusing Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Now, this world is going to be marked by desperation. The black horse in Revelation chapter five uh, six, verses five and six speaks of the black horse. And uh, that speaks of death. The balances refer to a careful rationing of food. In Revelation 6, verses 5 and 6, it denotes of a penny. A penny was a day's wages. A, Ro- a Roman penny was uh, used to purchase eight measures a week or 24 measures of barley. Barley would only be purchased by those who uh, could not afford anything. It was the lower uh, income people that ate barley. Barley would be something that you'd want to spit out because it had not much taste. In other words, the food supply according to the text is going to be cut one eighth of what it normally is. Now the writer is not told or rather, let me rephrase that, the writer is told not to hurt the oil and the wine. The oil and the wine represent the luxury items enjoyed by the rich, so that's not going to be harmed. Sadly, the common man is not going to be able to buy these things, therefore he's going to starve. Again, we're already seeing these things as they're taking shape. We're living in a time of the most prosperous days this world has ever known. However, the world has never been this populated, and we're already seeing elitists call for the depopulation of the world. Much of the land that, once used, that was used to grow food has now been transformed into places to, uh, for people to work and to live. Our world faces food shortages because many countries are already buying into the, the garbage that farmers must stop growing food. Now, think about this for a moment. According to statistics, one, one person dies from starvation or one of its related diseases every second of every day. Remember, the scripture says there's going to be famine. Every time you have famine, it's followed by pestilences. Every time you have pestilences, which is diseases, it's followed by death. It always happens this way. It never has not happened this way. So if one person dies from starvation, that equates to 86,400 per day. That's over 2.5 million per month or over 31.1 million every year. 75% of those who will die will be infants and children under the age of five years of age. My friend, that is the grace of God. You say, what are you saying? What are you talking about? Imagine with me, 23 plus million people, 23 plus million precious innocent souls are ushered into the presence of God every year. They die a horrible death, but they have everlasting life. My friend, during the tribulation period, these things will just grow worse and worse. You want to stay here for that? I don't. I don't have to. I won't. I can't because I am under the blood of Jesus Christ. I am born again. Now, verse 7, the time will be marked by diseases. Again, when there's famine, here comes the pestilences. Verse 7 refers to that, and it tells us that the tribulation is going to be a time in which diseases are going to run rampant among the human family. Again, again. That's referred to in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 6 and verse 8. Now, this awful look in the future tells us that 25% of the world's population will die at one point in time. At present, there are over 8 billion people on this earth. 8 billion people. Imagine a scene where nearly 2 billion people die during the same terrible tragedy. Imagine the disease. That would result because of the lack of proper burial sites from the dead. During World War II, one person out of every 40 people died. Now, during this plague, one out of every four people will die. Just look around and count them off in your own family. It's going to be a terrible time. If they are left here, they could die during this terrible time. Verse 7 also denotes that this will be marked by disasters. Jesus says that there's going to be great earthquakes, natural disasters. Again, the 20th century that we, many of us have lived through, uh, has, has been a dramatic increase. We've seen a dramatic increase of these earthquakes in time. These earthquakes became so intense that we saw many people die and their properties dismantled because of this. Verses 10 and 12, this time is going to be marked by disobedience, total disregard of sanctity of life and property, individual rights. Listen, when you teach people that you and and, and your children have been created by a big bang or you've just evolved from a monkey that shed its tail, there is no sanctity of life because you trace your roots back to animals. Listen, God has created us in the image and likeness of himself. I don't have enough faith to believe in evolution. But because evolution is taught and held a theory, there is no sanctity of life. and in the, the increased activity of evil, and there is absolutely no respect for anyone. Verse 10 details that there's going to be betrayal and hatred. The verse seems to indicate that men will one day have no respect for one another. We're there now. Currently, the crime rate is beyond measure. Our borders are open at the southern border. It's no border at all. We have over 10,000 people entering every single day. And if something happens to America, just like is happening in Israel, our sheriff's departments, our police departments are going to be overwhelmed. And this, my friend, is going to happen all over the world. It's already happening. We in America, has we have killed over 65 million babies by abortion. To say that God is mad at us is an understatement. We will face the judgment of God as a na- nation. Verse 12 speaks of wickedness and the love of sin. The tribulation will see an increase of man's attraction to and indulgence in sin. And after the church is removed at the rapture, all restraints of society will be removed. Will the Holy Spirit be here during the tribulation in a general light sense? Yes, because the Holy Spirit as third person of the Godhead is omnipresent. However, the Holy Spirit will not be actively working on God's behalf during the tribulation to restrain evil. Rather, he will unleash, not restrain evil, and evil will have its day. Now we must go on because for sake of time, verse 14 is talking about a special declaration. Thankfully, not all of the tribulation events will be bad. How do we go out on a positive note here? Well, we have to remember that even in the tribulation period, God remembers mercy. There are going to be two facets of the tribulation period in which God uses to give the gospel, to give the gospel. The Bible distinctly says that there will be factions of people who will preach the gospel of the kingdom. Why not the gospel of grace? We're in the dispensation of grace right now. We're preaching the gospel of the grace of God. These two factions will rise up and preach the gospel of the kingdom. That is, Jesus Christ is coming, and he's coming soon. He's coming quickly. And we know that to be the case in Revelation 19. First, we see in Revelation 7 and verses 1 through 8, we see that God is going to raise up an army of Jewish preachers, and he will seal them, he will protect them, and he will send them out to the world to preach, to teach about the Lord Jesus Christ. The world system, the devil, and the Antichrist will be powerless to stop these men from their appointed tasks they are 144,000 Jewish evangelists going to preach the word and the preach the kingdom that Jesus Christ is coming. Then you have in Revelation 11, verses 1 through 12, you have the two witnesses. And these two mystery preachers are standing at the western wall outside the newly constructed third temple that that will be constructed in the tribulation period. And they will preach the word of God, and all attempts to stop them will fail because God allows them to be slain at his timetable. They will be slain. The the bodies of these two men will lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three days, and the Bible says that the world's going to celebrate their death. The Bible even denotes that gifts will be given. They will be so thrilled that they're going to be sending gifts to each other in praise of these men's death. It's going to be like Christmas because these men are dead. As the world celebrates their death, they will rise from the dead and they will ascend into heaven. Now, even in the dark hour that is to come upon the earth, God will have his people, his men, proclaiming his truth to a world that desperately needs to hear it. By the way, the Bible denotes in revelation seven verses nine through 17, that millions will be saved by the preaching during this period. Now, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, don't think that you're going to have some time during this. I would not want to go through the tribulation period and bank on being able to be saved. Now, That's how the tribulation commences. The next time we're together, we're going to look at verses 15 through 29, how the tribulation continues. We will examine these dark, treacherous days as it refers to the Antichrist breaking the covenant with the nation of Israel, as described and taught in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27.